We read scripture from Luke 2, beginning at verse 21. Luke 2, beginning at verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time, I'm sorry, I think that I need to adjust that passage a little bit. We're going to start reading at verse 38. Luke 2, beginning at verse 38. This happened when Jesus was presented in the temple for his circumcision. And there were witnesses who witnessed to who Jesus was. One of those was Zechariah. Uh, way back before the time that uh, Jesus... Um, was born. He was the f- father of, uh, of John. And then there was Simeon. And he, Simeon came after when Jesus was being presented in the temple. And then there was another witness to who Jesus was. And we'll begin reading at verse 38. There was a prophet Anna. In the Greek it says prophetess. Prophetess Anna the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of God, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was with him. And what we'll focus on is that witness, Anna. She was a prophetess, daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was old, and uh, she had never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, young middle-aged and old. Do you still do New Year resolutions? I have done many New Year's resolutions. I have broken so many that I made a new resolution this year to have no resolutions in this coming year. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I one, one time... Uh, I made a resolution. I was going to read through the whole Bible in that one year, in the coming year. And I got to Genesis 10, and that was about the end of it. You want to go to the next slide, please? It's old. You know, it takes a little longer when you're older, right? There we go. So uh, our projectionist uh, this morning said, you're not going to read through all those passages, are you? I said, no, that's the whole point of why I'm showing you this slide 
is that uh, you get to the whole uh, part of Genesis 10, and what you get is a whole long list of names telling everybody, and it was so boring that that was the end of my New Year's resolution. I gave up in despair and went to the New Testament. Where, when, if you know Matthew, the beginning of Matthew does exactly the same thing. So I didn't have a good year. But, you know, uh, basically, why is that stuff in the Bible? Like, you know, the Bible is the Word of God. Why do we have all these boring begats and all this son of this and son of that? And, well, brothers and sisters, that's because the Bible wasn't just written for you and for me. It was written for people in the Old Testament as well who, uh, who basically cared a whole lot about ancestors who were you from that depended, you know, where amongst God's people did you fit in? To know that, you had to go back in time. And it was also really important for you to know how the precious promises of God continued through all the ages, because in the Old Testament, people were looking forward for the coming of the Messiah. And they wanted to have a part in that. God formed Israel, gave Israel a special mission in the world in order to bring forth the Messiah. So it was crucial in the Old Testament that you had also a contribution that you would make to that great people of God who would then produce the Messiah that was to bless the whole earth. That's why all this stuff was so important. And the, 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 the question that you keep finding in Genesis is, what became of these people? What became of Adam and Eve? What became of uh, Cain and Abel? What became of Abraham? What became of Isaac and Jacob? What became of God's people when they finally came into the promised land? Because they're always looking forward at, so what is going to happen next? And uh, what became of God's people, Israel, when Jesus came into the world? There was only one real tribe left. Of all 12 tribes, only one was left. The first tribe to go was the tribe of Benjamin. It was absorbed into Judah because of the sins of Benjamin that caused it to be annihilated as a tribe. And then there were 10 tribes that broke away because they did not want the king uh, of Judah, who, uh, Rehoboam. They wanted nothing to do with him, so they left and they set up their own kingdom with their own priesthood, with their own service of God and God's and those ten tribes became victim to idolatry. They began to serve idols. They walked away from the living God. That's like cutting a, a flower off at, you know, at the stem, and it's dead. And God's ten tribes also were shattered, annihilated, taken away into exile, never to return. And it was also because of their disobedience. So God's people at the time when Jesus came into the world were shattered. And uh, as if they never existed. 
And they were left out of God's promises. And you know what? It was their own fault. It was their own fault. Is there any grace in that? Is there any goodness in that? Well, listen. There was this prophetess, Anna, daughter of Penuel. And I ran over this thing, and I have read through the Bible many a time, and I always ran over this, and I should have tripped over this long ago. She was of the tribe of Asher. Asher was one of those ten tribes that had been totally destroyed. Where did this woman come from? Well, Luke doesn't tell us, but there is still this person who is from the tribe of Asher. And going back to, uh, to the beginning of Luke's telling the message, you have Zechariah, and he is of the tribe of Levi. He's a Levite. He's a priest. So there are still some people, some leftover fragments of these ten tribes in Israel at this point. And now something really, really amazing happens. But let's think about Anna a little bit. She's 84, or in the Greek it's ambiguous. She could also be 104. A widow until, you know, for 84 years. What did this elderly woman do? She waited. She waited for the Messiah to come. Just like that other witness to Jesus who we have also read about uh, earlier in this chapter, and that is Simeon. And these two witnesses to the Messiah, one of them is from the tribe of Asher, and that should astound us. Because God's judgment was clearly not total. God held back. He allowed this woman, this senior citizen, to be a witness of Jesus Christ. She waited, she worshipped, she fasted, and she prayed. Anyone who waits on the Lord, anyone who prays to the Lord will be heard because our God is so great that regardless of who you are or where you came from or what you have done, God has always got a listening ear for you. And God has his precious promises that apply to you regardless of who you are. And that was so amazing in this passage from the tribe of Asher. And what God does is he takes this elderly senior citizen and puts us her in this incredibly important place of bearing testimony to who Jesus is, that Jesus truly is the Messiah. She has this very important role to play in God's great expanding plan of redemption. She gets to be at the pivot of that, to say from the Old Testament to us New Testament people, yes, this is the one. This is the person that we all live for to bring into the world. This is the person who now is going to be our Savior and our Lord. 
And that is just so amazing that God chooses her. You want to go to the next slide, please? Anna worships in the temple. She waits, she watches, she worships, she fasts, she prays. And what God now does is he reaches all the way back to those ten tribes and lets them be a part of this day of the Messiah. Now that Jesus has come into the world, that great celebration of God's goodness in the world can begin. And God says, you know what? There's an empty place here. And that's that empty place of the ten tribes who went missing, who went away, who went AWOL. But I'm going to include those ten tribes in this plan of salvation. They matter. They always did matter because I made them matter. I made them important. Because they too have a contribution that I allow them to make in my mission in this world. So, he could have done better on picking a witness, couldn't he? Really? Age 84, you're still going to ask this person to be a witness? And in those days, they'd ask the question, and a woman? Are you kidding me? You can't trust old women because they tell old wives' tales, right? So how can you, they be so reliable? They can't be reliable. It's always, you know, yap, yap, yap. And that's how they would talk in those days. They did not allow women to have a lot of leadership. But she's called a prophetess. Luke says God made her a prophetess because God can take man or woman and make them into prophets and prophetesses because God's power is the power that is invested in them. And, um, you know, you think about the other witnesses who came before Jesus' birth, right? To, to say that those were the shepherds in the fields. Well, shepherds were considered to be so unreliable that they weren't even allowed to testify in a court of law in those days. Did you know that about shepherds? We always think highly of shepherds. They thought very low of shepherds. That was the bottom of the bottom, bottom of the heap. Yet God says, I can make anybody my witnesses to my great Christmas present of Jesus, my very own son. And if I can do it with some shepherds in a field, I can also make witnesses of elderly people and senior citizens. Don't ever, and I'm talking to my fellow senior citizens, don't ever use the word retired as an excuse. All right? Don't ever do that. I'm retired. I don't have to do it anymore. Seriously? If God has given you the strength, if God has given you the ability, if God has given you the gifts, then go and do God's work because you never retire from the kingdom of God. By all means, retire from your, your, your daily job. By all means, go take a nap if you need one. But senior citizens, listen to me. You never retire from God's kingdom. Uh, you want to go to the next slide, please? I got to tell you, in my ministry, something that really, really blessed me. I came to see an elderly widow. She was in her 90s. She was so feeble, she could not come to church anymore. 
And uh, I went to visit her to bless her. And in turn, she blessed me. That always happened in my pastoral visits, right? You get more blessed by the people that you go and see uh, than that you yourself are a blessing. But she said to me, you know what, Domine? You're a young man. You've got four children. You've got a big church. You must be very busy. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm reasonably busy. She says, I'll bet you don't have enough time to pray. I said, yeah, you know, that's, that's right. I really don't. She says, Domine, don't worry about it. I will do the praying for you. Because I'm old, I'm here, I can't go anywhere, and I got a whole lot of time on my hands. And I'm going to pray for you. And that really, really struck me. And it really got in my heart. Because that's what it means to be the body of Christ. Young people, go work your heart out for the Lord. Go do all the things you need to do. Go build your careers. Go work. Go do whatever you need to do. Take over the farm and kick those cows around. Do whatever you need to do. But when you get old, you can do an entirely different kind of service. The kind of service that God allowed Anna to do by waiting, worshiping, fasting, and praying. That's how the body of Christ works. We can't do it alone. We need each other. We need young and old in the kingdom of God. And you know what? I pity the pastor who does not have an old woman praying for him or her. Because we need that. You want to go to the next slide? So, what is our role today? If God reached all the way back in order to include these lost tribes in that wonderful day of Messiah's coming, when they are now, in God's love, included, re-included in the kingdom of heaven, what does that mean for you and for me? Well, Jesus came once but he's coming again, and we need him. We need him as desperately to come back as the Israelites needed him to come in the first place. Because look at the world around us. Look at the uh, hardships that are being faced in so many places. Look in the need for justice in this world, for mercy, for love, for goodness. What's our role today? It's not that different from Anna, is it? We should worship as we're doing now. We should pray. We should wait. Wait for the Lord Jesus to return because that, doesn't, well, that waiting doesn't stop after Advent is over and Christmas has come. We are now waiting for Jesus to return. And in the meantime, what are we supposed to do? We are to witness, to witness to the goodness of Jesus who is Savior and Lord. And so wherever we can, we need in word and in deed to point to Jesus' lordship on this planet. 
What an incredible challenge that is. And it's a challenge we can't do unless we do what Anna did. We worship. We pray. And we wait. Our God is so great and so good that he spreads his arms as wide as he can to bring in as many people as he can into his eternal kingdom. And your job and my job are to be witnesses to God's great love. Because God can use anybody. You and I, we're examples of that. God can use just anybody, old and young and in between, for bringing his kingdom and his salvation in this world. I want to point out one more thing, and then I'll say amen, I promise. And that's this. When you go to Revelation 7, you can read it for yourself. Revelation 7. That's homework, by the way. Do it. I'm not just saying you should do it. I'm saying do it. Read it, not now, but at home. And remember the goodness and grace and love of our God. Because what you will read in verse 4 and in verses there, you will start reading in the verses after that, in Revelation 7, that when Jesus truly comes back and that great day of salvation is going to be fully present in all our lives and in the entire universe, who do you find included? Twelve tribes of Israel. Anna is just the beginning of God's great work of bringing everybody back into his family, into his heart. And that's the amazing promise that we have, that there isn't a single person in this world who doesn't belong in God's heart and in God's family. And you and I, we're simply being told to go and witness to that reality. We don't have to make it true. Jesus did that. We only need to let the world know. And then in verse 9 and 10, you'll read about that multitude without number. Not only the fullness of all the tribes of Israel will be included in God's great day of redemption, but so will every Gentile in this universe, including Frisians. <laughs> My wife's a Frisian. Dutchmen. Jews. Israelis. Palestinians. Ukrainians. Russians. Whoever will bend the knee to Jesus our Lord, be witnesses, pray, worship, and witness. Amen.